is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, top of the publishing day to all of you. Last week, we spent a fabulous hour with Bobby Bolden, who is an author of a really a delightful book. If you like humor and if you like golf, this might be your cup of tea. It's called Princess Golf. She's also a master in real estate sales, and her current book she's working on right now is deals with real estate. And she has been um, in that field for a gazillion years and has really been at the top of the game for decades. And there's a reason, because she knows how to sell. And sales in real estate are really no different from sales in, from cars. It's no different from selling uh, books. It's no different from selling yourself as a key influencer. So when we wrapped up the show last week, we were talking about on part one, we were talking about the, the whole concept of that you shouldn't be a mooch. Um, and, <laughs> and I said, oh, we have to start on that because as an author, you don't want to be a mooch. And I'm not talking about you moving in with someone and taking, I'm taking up residence and you, I'm going to write my next book and you will feed me and take care of me and do my laundry and everything else. Although that sounds rather novel here. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. I always wanted to be a kept woman. But we're talking about something else here. And what does that mean, Bobby? Um, so welcome back. Uh, and Bobby Thank you. is, yeah, welcome back. And so why shouldn't we be a mooch? I mean, we'd like to be taken care of. <laughs> yeah, if that's all it meant, then I suggest you marry well. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Now Dang. that's a different. That's a different seminar. We'll we'll do that another time. Yeah, we, uh, yeah. Well, here you go. All right. <laughs> well, when I talked, when I was thinking about being a mooch, you know, sometimes people go to um, meetings, events, things. Uh, oh. that, or they want to sell and and all they're interested in is themselves and it makes it very obvious um you know uh, we have a uh, one of a friend that i have that i think you've met her before and i always said that she was one of those people that she's talked and talked and talked and talked about herself and and then she'd stop every once in a while and she'd say oh enough about me let's talk about you what do you think of me? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. I do. <laughs> and, and it's it's all so one-sided. Well, people get tired of that. And you have to ask yourself, are you being a mooch? When you go someplace, is it all about you? Is it all about what you want? Now, let's put that into the idea of selling books. 
if I'm talking to whoever my customer is and what would I like them to do? Well, I'd like them to buy a book, but if I just stand there and all I care about is me, 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 what's in it for me? What's in it for me? What's in it for me? And the whole attitude comes across. I don't really care anything about you. I don't care anything about solving your problems. I don't care anything about whether you can afford this, you can't afford this, this is good, this is not good. It doesn't make any difference to me because all I care about me is me. How how long before you get really tired of that and decide that you don't want to talk to me? Um, it, it won't. <laughs> it it uh, t- 10 seconds. How's that? Yeah, it doesn't take that long, does it? And And so that's my point. You come into your relationship and the people that you're selling to, you have a relationship with them. Even if it's a quick relationship, you need to show some consideration to the others. See in books, you could be selling to a whole bunch of different entities. Are you going into the library to talk to them? Are you going into a corporate arena to talk to them? But no matter what it is, you're talking to another human being, and this would be a good time to see what can you do for them? What are they experiencing? Now, let's, let's back up a minute. We've assumed that you have picked a target market and you're on to your target market. Leslie is the one that we used last week about talking to teachers. So this person goes in to talk to the administrators about buying books for the teachers. I mean, I don't know if that actually works, but let's pretend that it does. If I'm talking to that administrator, I have to have a relationship with them. I don't need to be just a mooch of, what can you do for me? What can you do for me? What can you do for me? Here, I've got some books, and what I'd like is for you to buy a bunch of them, because that way I'd make a lot of money, and um, and I'd be happy. So I don't see that as a really good technique. I need to come in and figure out, what can I do to solve your problem? Are you having a problem in this school? And what could I do to help solve that? What could I do to make your teachers more effective? What could I do to make your life easier? What would my book do to make your life easier? Maybe we're talking about going into a convention. And what I can say is, go ahead and and if you buy the books, I'll do the speech for free. Or if you buy the speech, I'll give the books for free. I'll speak for a fee. I'll sell my books for a fee. But I'll give you a breakout session for free. Or I'll give you a bonus report. Or I'll give you free bookmarks. Uh, maybe if you go to my site, you can download these tips and techniques. You can. What can I do if I'm asking myself, what can I do to make your life easier? When I'm selling real estate, you know, there's a lot of people that sell real estate. If you're going to sell real estate and you're going to do it successfully, you'd better figure out how are you going to bring value to these people. As the author, you need to figure out what's the value in that book. If you believe in you, you believe in yourself, you believe in the book, you believe in that product, and that product is a valuable thing, then tell somebody what the value 
is and bring them value? What can you do for them that makes their life a little easier? Because mm-hmm. we all do the, what's the country western station, W-I-I-F-M, what's in it for me? <laughs> exactly. And you know, when you were talking about that, um, it what flashed in my mind was there's a, I can't, I don't can't remember the name of the company behind it, but it's uh, it's it, it's service provider, and the, the the next door neighbor says, "Hey, do you you know anyone who does landscaping? Oh, yeah. You know, and well, I think I do. Okay, so well, you'll set up the appointment. I want at least three bids. I want to go on that, and I'm going really, you know, that's. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the kind of thing that you're talking about. Exactly. That's that whole mooch mentality. What can you do for me? Well, it isn't about what can you do for me because that doesn't motivate you. What can I do for you? Like Uh, the Princess Golf Handbook. What could you do for me? Well, you could buy the Princess Golf Handbook and I would make money. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Why should you do that? Well, you should do that if you like something that's humorous, if you are into golf, if you are um, into getting the rules changed in golf and making them more fun. So what would I sell? I'd have to sell, what's in it for you? Why do you care? Now, if you don't play golf, would you care? Uh, No. Well, but but, but I may know somebody who plays golf. So. That's true, and it may be that that's what, what the whole thing is about, is um, finding somebody that, that plays golf. Or, I mean, but you have to have some connection. Otherwise, there's no real reason in it for you. Mm-hmm, exactly. So the, the, whole, the whole thing is you've got to think of, as you said, the, the, the radio station. Um, it has to be W-I-I-F-Y versus W-I-I-F-M. Right. Uh, and and that really has to be in sales. It's all that's got to be at the top of the mark. It's got to be at the top of the mark. And so, what I would suggest people do is sit down, grab a, a piece of paper, and write down who all the target is, who would be the buyer of this particular book, what would they get from it, what do they get from, what's the value in here, what is it that you help them have, do, get, or know. Mm-hmm. And why would the person you're talking to, why would they be interested? What problem of theirs do you solve? If I'm talking to a bookstore, so think about that. The bookstore, I'm talking to somebody who's probably not going to read the book. I'm talking to somebody who's going to be a book buyer. Now tell me why this book buyer, what does this book buyer want? He wants sales. Right? Yeah. They want, want, he's they want that book to, to move. Right. They're not trying to just fill up shelves with books. They're trying to sell books. So tell me why this book would sell. What do I want to know? I'm, I'm running a bookstore. Tell me why I would hold this book. Why would I take my shelf space for this book? And you tell me that. So if you come to me and you say, well, actually, you're going to want to put this book in there because I really need the money for my, my kid's college education. That's not going to work. We're probably not motivated. Um, I need you to carry this book because it's an attractive cover and it would fill up a lot of space in yep. your on your shelves. 
that's not good. Not motivating. Okay, so hold that. Tell me what right. you're going to do that helps me sell this book. All right, so hold on to that thought because we're going to take it for our first break here because these okay. are essential questions every author needs to ask from the get-go when they're writing, by the way. We'll be right back. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative no matter where you live. Author You brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author You Extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author You's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. Author U is the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author U is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms. And it is free. Discover Author U, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author U today at authoru.org. First impressions are everything in the world of book publishing. Whether your book is an ebook, a print version, or both, your book cover needs to pop, sizzle, and sparkle to immediately capture the attention of your audience. And your book's interior needs to be just as dynamic and reflect the professionalism your readers demand. Nick Selinger of NZ Graphics has won numerous national and international book awards for his cover designs and interior layouts. With over 20 years of experience in graphic design, he knows what it takes to create award-winning books and the many promotional pieces that authors need, such as posters, banners, postcards, one-sheets, business cards, logos, and more. Visit ncgraphics.com and see what authors and publishers have to say about their award-winning books and how NZ Graphics can make your book the success it was meant to be. That's nzgraphics.com. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. Or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand and platform, and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and e-zine at thebookshepherd.com. 
Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, here we are in, you know, the first hearing of this is in May. So hopefully wherever you are in the world, in the country, you've got decent May weather. But we're talking about sales weather. How do you create the ultimate climate uh, for a potential book buyer? With me is Bobby Bolden. And we are talking about some really essential strategies, key questions that you as an author should really ask yourself before you even start writing. I think that would help. But let's say that, well, we forgot that we missed that cue um, and you've actually got book in hand. So, Bobby, I'd love to have you just go over those key questions one more time. And if there's any more to add to that, that would be terrific. Well, I think the the keys on on getting that book sold is that you've got to believe in it and you've got to bring something of value to the other side. If you don't have anything of value, if you don't believe in that book and you don't understand what its value is for other people, you can't sell it. It isn't going to sell. But if you believe in it, then um, and it has value, then you can make a sale. You know, I'm reminded of many years ago when my brother and I were just little kids. Um, he was six and I was seven. We had decided we'd had just about enough of our parents. We were leaving home. We knew we'd be needing some money. So we thought we'd take up door-to-door sales. We didn't have much money at all, so we needed something cheap for inventory. We looked down at our feet and discovered rocks. We would sell rocks. We went door-to-door asking each individual if they'd like to buy some rocks. And things weren't going very well. Door after door after door, we were getting a no. We went to one door, and there was a great big hairy guy. And what he said to us was, why would I want to do that? Well, none of us had a very good reason. (laughs) Randy and I decided we'd be out of the rock business right then and there as he ran us off his porch. We got home, and we were telling Dad about, uh, about how mean the big hairy guy was. And my dad said, you know, the problem is, he said, you didn't bring anything of value. There was, nobody had any reason that they wanted to buy rocks. And I've kept that idea with me in my entire sales career, the idea that you have to bring some value. Nobody wants to do something if there's no value in it to them. And even with the rocks, if you stop and think about there are people who do sell rocks. What about the guy that sold pet rocks? I mean, he made millions selling one big rock at a time. There are people who sell decorative rocks. There are people who sell tons of rocks. What there aren't is any little kids selling five tiny little rocks at a time. Because we didn't stop and think about the value that we were bringing our customers. The same thing happens with books. 
if you're taking that book out and you can't find any value in it and you don't believe in the value in it and you don't think you really need to get that in people's hands, if you're taking it out to people because it's only what's in it for you and not what's in it for them, you're selling rocks. It's never going to sell. You've got to sit down and figure out what's the value of it and how can I provide a value to other people? That's, I think, the most important thing about uh, about selling that book is bringing that value. But let's say that you get into a situation where they have an objection. Shall I talk about how to handle objections, Judith? Oh, I think it's I, I like it's essential, um, and and as well as I want to make sure that we, um, you know, how do we overcome them as well as we talk about closing before we, we, we go off. But, you know, we, we still have lots of time here, but let's, well, let's do that. But, but these essential questions, you know, Bobby's absolutely right. You got to believe in your product. Pro, your book is a product. And if you are resisting that, all I'm going to do is tell you all, get over it. You have a product. You have a product. Uh, it could end up being like the rocks that Bobby was just talking about no one has any interest in it because you haven't been able to connect with them of what the value is to them and what their problem is that your book rock will solve. That's just so essential to understand. So we have the hairy guy. We're back to the hairy guy, Bob. Uh, Bobby, are we going back to the hairy guy? <laughs> the hairy guy was scary. He was somebody who did not want to buy a handful of rocks. <laughs> well, the value is if you take them off our hands, we won't throw them at you. Uh-oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> See, that would have been a selling feature. That would have been a feature. So when I think about the rocks, though, what would the feature be? You get a handful of rocks, and this helps you how. <laughs> and you stop and think about it, you realize mm, it really doesn't. Um, selling a whole bunch of rocks would meant that he could do landscaping, but now we probably had only five rocks and, and li- little tiny rocks. That didn't do you any good. If we had great big rocks, maybe he could have done some landscaping around it. But that it's a it's a good thing to think about selling because when you look at that and you say, well, I didn't have anything to sell. I didn't solve anybody's problem. And how many of us go out there thinking that that's what sales is, is that I just tell them all about my book and then they're going to want it. Mm, No, not until I find out, for example, with Princess Golf, it doesn't fit everybody. People who aren't golfers, people who aren't associated with golfers have no reason to buy the book. It wouldn't even make any sense to them. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't try to sell it to those people. So knowing the market is is incredibly important and figuring out what the value is is incredibly important. Um, and um, going into a situation with the attitude of what can I do for you as opposed to what you can do for me. So when we're talking about the mooch attitude is where you go in and it's all about me. What can you give me? And then what I do when I'm being a mooch is I just tell you about the book, but I'm only telling you the part that interests me. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's the part that interests you. So what is it they need? What is it they're trying to solve? And the the closer you can come to putting that down on paper 
and knowing exactly who that is. And then I love the idea of of going to the authors, the reviews of books that are similar mm-hmm. to your book and mm-hmm. finding out what people liked and they didn't like. Mm-hmm. And then ask yourself, does your book cover that? Does your book handle that problem? Because that the people that write in are the people that had the problem and it didn't solve it. They will tell you what they're buying, then sell them that. Mm-hmm. And, and the other right? thing, yeah, exactly. And then when you can point it out, you know, when you can come across and point it out that they, you know, this book, you know, and you don't even have to say that this book doesn't have it. You could, you could have it just as a general. A lot of times people are looking for this and, and, and I've got it. Or, you know, however you phrase it in your language, I think it's important. Right. And it may not be something you even thought of until some people bring it up. Uh, it's one of the things that I found in training real estate people is there's a lot of times that things that because I'm so close to it, because I've done it for over 40 years, there's things that come naturally to me that mm-hmm. until I get with the new people, I don't realize they don't even know that, that they mm. don't know that. Mm-hmm. And I think, look how we could do that as authors. You write about something and you've taken for granted that everybody knows this. When the truth is, no, not everybody knows that. And if you were to read those reviews, you'd find out that some people are complaining because this particular book didn't cover this or that. And suddenly it hits you. Mine does. Mine goes Mm -hmm. into that. Mm -hmm. Mine solves that problem. Mm -hmm. Good. Then now you have a feature, something that you can, you can explain why this would help solve the problem. But I think it's also important when we talk about solving the problem is to go back and revisit that. Whose problem are we solving? So the, the teacher one, this, uh, the type of teaching that he's talking about doing, he may have to tell the educators higher up who would be in charge of buying these books why this would be important to their teachers, that their teachers think this, their teachers have been taught that, the teachers are actually having this problem in the classroom and this book solves that. You can't just expect that administrator to know necessarily what's going on with the teacher. He's not there on a daily basis. He does a different job. He or she does a different job, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. those are the kinds of things that you have to look at. Maybe it's a good time to get somebody that doesn't know anything about what you're talking about to read your book and figure out what questions do they have mm-hmm. or what did they gain from it? Well, I, I actually, I love that phrase. What did they gain from it? And actually now we're going to talk, I mean, I, I we're going to take our next break, but Bobby, I think that you're talking about features. So how can an author besides verbalizing them, what are some of the strategies they might do to display uh, to visualize out features if an author is at an event or a signing. Um, kind of like testimonials. We're going to be right back. It's Author You, your guide to book publishing. This 
is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972. They believed employees with great character would make up the best company. They were right. They hired people who were not only experts in bookmaking, but who were obsessed with quality and delivering exceptional customer service. Almost 40 years later, Thompson Shore remains a 100% employee-owned company. Ned and Harry knew that successful customer projects are a direct result of empowered employees. We specialize in all books for large and small publishers. Creating beautiful and well-made books, we're dedicated to pleasing our customers by making the experience a good one from start to finish. The personal touch we have with our customers allows us to be innovative in solving their most difficult challenges. Our platform also ensures that we can remain flexible to meet our customers' unique needs and expectations. Our marketing kit can create buzz for your title, enhancing the promotion of your book during infancy. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, our skillful customer service teams are at the ready to answer your most pressing questions. At Thompson Shore, we know that making the highest quality books requires more than just best technologies. It requires superior customer service, professionalism to the trade, and commitment to environmental and social values. With these standards of excellence in place, you can be sure that we will always help you put your best book forward. Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, with me is Bobby Bolden, the author of Princess Golf. Bobby, what's an, do you have a working title for your next book? You know, I don't because it, it has to do with real estate sales and I, I, I vacillate on how it is. I'm, I'm what direction I'm going to head with that. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we should just do a title exercise. That's not on the air. We'll do that another time. <laughs> um, we will need to do that. Uh, yeah, we should do that. All right. But, but for all of you, some of the things that Bobby was talking about in, the, uh, in our previous segment, 
um, dealt with, I was hearing some benefits coming out, the value, those values that she was referring to. Um, and then maybe have you thought about creating some kind of, this would be an accessory. Let's say you're in an event, whether it's a speaking event or it could be a book signing event. Um, have you thought about having, for example, a five or six foot poster, like one of those tall skinny guys, or you could go down to uh, FedEx or Staples or Office Depot and you have a foam board created that you could easily put some of these values that people could, you know, remember people are visual. They don't often hear mm -hmm. things that you say. So you've got to address that. But maybe some of those key point values um, that they can see that might get them to stop and talk to you. Uh, I'm just I, I just think those are kind of good ideas to think about. You know, I think that's a great idea. And um, so when I'm doing my training for real estate agents and I'm talking about sales, one of the one of the segments that we talk about is when to handle objections. Uh-huh. Ah. And you handle objections. Sometimes you handle them as they occur. Sometimes you handle them before they occur. Sometimes you handle them uh, never. Sometimes you handle them after yeah. they occur. So what you're talking about by doing that marketing is keep in mind when you're doing that marketing, you're handling objections before they occur. One of the values about being out there as the author and the salespeople is you're talking to people and you're finding out what the objections are. So don't get emotionally involved in the fact that there are objections or that people have turned you down. I want you to go home, write down what they said and and think about what they said because what they're they're giving you huge marketing tips when they turn you down because they're telling you what the problem is no i don't want to buy this because i don't let's say i don't know throw something out there i'm uh, you're trying to sell this to a bookstore you're trying mm -hmm. to sell a bunch of books to a bookstore mm -hmm. and they say um i don't think that's a uh, that's something that's going to sell. I don't think that that's something that's going to sell in our market. So you get all dejected. You go home and you say, rats, another failure. I yeah. feel terrible about myself. Maybe this was a stupid book. This was a stupid idea. I never <laughs> should have done this. Right? Does that ever happen? I'm oh, yeah. No, nobody likes me. Nobody likes <laughs> me. Everybody, like, everybody hates, hates me. me. Think I'll eat some exactly. worms. <laughs> well, listen, if you've been yeah. in sales, we've all felt that. They don't like me. Absolutely. Well, it has nothing to do with you. In fact, <laughs> let me segue just a second. Because we all go through that. I tell new real estate agents, it's like when you talk to people about most of the time, you say, do you want to buy a house? No. 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 It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with they don't want to put all their stuff in a box and haul it someplace. So it's not about you. It's about what? It's about the product. They don't want the product. If you Think about if you owned a McDonald's. And you stood out on the street, and every car that passed, you said to yourself, I've been rejected. 
he didn't want a hamburger. He didn't. There goes another one. Just don't want a hamburger. Doesn't want a hamburger. This is stupid. Why did I even buy this thing? I'm never going to make any money. They're not stopping in to buy hamburgers. If you looked at every car that passed your McDonald's as a rejection, pretty soon you'd go home so depressed you couldn't stand it, right? Right. Well, the fact of the matter is, it doesn't really have anything to do with you. They're not rejecting you. They just, Mm -hmm. what, they either, they don't want a hamburger right now. Maybe they'll eat one later. Maybe they'll come back another time. I don't know. But you got enough people stopping in that you're going to be fine. Well, when you're selling those books, you're going to get some of those people that don't want to buy your books today. I want you to listen to what they said. What was the objection? If the objection is that uh, they don't think romance models will sell uh, or romance novels will sell, then go home and figure out why would romance uh, why would they want to buy them? How to overcome that objection? How to show a value despite that objection? Are you are you following what I'm saying? Absolutely. Because they're telling you, they're telling you how to sell. If you'd pay attention, every one of those rejections, what you're taking as rejection, is somebody telling you how to sell. All you have to do is overcome that objection. So when do you handle it? What you're talking about in marketing is handling the objection before you heard it. So let's say that I've too often heard that the romance novel won't sell. And that's what I wrote. I wrote a romance novel and romance models, uh, novels won't sell. Then I've got to come sit down and, and think to myself how to overcome that objection. What would I say in my marketing to say that romance models, I keep calling it models, <laughs> novels, mm-hmm. do sell? And who wants them? And why do they want them? Because at some point when I go back out and I hear the objection again, I now will have some bullets in my gun as to why it will sell. But, and so, you know, you've got a... a guy that wrote a book on the moon now there's a unique book i'm sure he's encountered a lot of objections oh yeah what he's got to do is figure out why does the average person want to know about um about the moon what would you gain by knowing about it what how would this be interesting to you so that's he's every time he hears a negative, he's got to turn that into an answer of why would that make a difference? Why would you why would you still want to know something about the moon? Exactly. And also, you, you know, what you're talking about is you've got to find, OK, who who are you writing for? So the, the romance novel is not going to be for the fantasy reader or the sci fi reader or, right. you know, the action-adventure reader. It is for the women's lit reader. It is for chick lit reader. It's, you know, it's it's into that area. And I think it's going back to what, what we said last week, is that so many people think their book is for everybody, and it ain't. Right, and it, it is, is there's not. no book for everybody, exactly. So when you hear those objections you're actually getting 
free marketing information. Um, whatever the objection is, take that as free marketing information. And that's and a thank you, you very much. A thank you. Right. Yeah, because that is telling me what to sell to, what to overcome. Because if one person's thinking it, somebody else is thinking it as well. How do I overcome that objection? Mm-hmm. So whatever it is, that's what I sit down and figure out, okay, if they're opposed to this, what could I offer to mm-hmm. overcome that objection? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you well, let's talk about objection handling because it's one of the hardest things that you have in sales, and yet every single one of us that is involved in sales and um, listening audience, that would be you. <laughs> that's all of us. How to handle the objection? you might want to take a note on these because the the ways to handle the objection is to first figure out whether you have an objection, uh, a stall, or a condition. Uh, a stall is is what people say just to get you to go away. And it sounds like this. Mm-hmm. The most common stall is we want to think it over. But people aren't really thinking it over. They know no. why they didn't buy the book. Yeah, that's it. They, no, I want to think it over, or uh, that's no. Or I, I've been in enough things saying, well, if you have some information on your book, I'll take it with me. And, of course, right. you graciously do, knowing that that was a no. Right. It is a no. If you, It is a way to get out of making a decision right now, and when you get out of making the decision, the decision will be no. So what you do with a stall is uh, you ask a, the question is, what is it, is it? So what is it? Is it the content or are you okay with the content? Uh, are you okay with the price? Are you, uh, are, are you okay with the delivery time? You know, those are the kinds of things that you ask, uh, what is mm-hmm. it, is it? And then give them the opportunity to, to tell you what it is, what is it? Is it the mm-hmm. price? And, no, and no, the price. The price is fine. Yeah, and is also, it, uh, Bobby, but also is if you are listening to them as looking at their body language and everything else, you're going to get more hints as it comes into play in that. All right, so we're it. Uh, we're going to take one final break, and then Bobby will come up and give us. You know, how, so let's let's hear what some of these stalls are. And then what do we do? What do we do next to turn an objection around? Or maybe we just say that's it. We'll be right back. your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles and we'll be right back with more great information right after these The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. 
publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so last segment, we're talking about sales, 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 and you are the CSO, the chief sales officer of your organization. You're going to have some people who will just gobble up your book. They'll just grab it. You don't have to do anything. That's just the way it is. And then um, there are other kind of people who are going to have uh, resist embedded on their forehead as you make eye-to-eye contact. So... Bobby Bolden is with us. She is the author of Princess Gull. She has been involved with sales for a gazillion years, highly successful. And we've been kind of walking through some of the things that you need to do last week as well as this week. Right now, as we close up the final segment of the show, we're talking about objections and how do you overcome them? How do, how do, is, it, is it a dead stop, Bobby, that someone objects? And you just go, ho-hum, get out of my space. <laughs> or, no. <do> we, <laughs> or, you know, really. Or do you engage them to try to see if you can overcome that resistance? I'm glad you asked that because there actually is a five-step process for handling objections. But Ooh, one of them you said fabulous. was, is it just a, <laughs> but you had to understand that there's three things. The one was a stall, the one is an objection, and the third one is a condition. And a condition is something that until this gets met, they can't move forward. Mm. And the condition is the only time I can give up, I mean, I give up, is it's a condition. 
Um, a condition might be I went into a bookstore to try to sell my books and they say, we're going out of business. We're having our last, <laughs> you know, last day opening is four days from now. Okay. There's a condition. They are not going to buy any books, right? Mm-hmm. That's a condition. Go home. It's not going to happen. Everything else is just an objection. Now you brought up one that is the common objection. And sadly, we hear this way too much which is um, we just don't read. That is, Mm -hmm. I mean, if they really don't read, then that probably is a condition. And you might as well give up on them because the printed book, you have to be able to read. So if you, uh, you'll have to make a decision on that, whether that's an objection, because they're just trying to get out of something, because they think you're trying to sell them something. And you see, there's the difference. They think you're trying to sell them something. I'm not trying to sell them something. I'm trying to benefit them. So let's go to the objection. An objection is what they think is the real reason that they uh, they can't do it today, or they're not going to do it today. It isn't a real thing. You have to change their feelings. So the five-step objection handling process is, number one, to agree with them. So give me an objection. The reason you're not buying the books is what? Are they too expensive? Should we do with that one? Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, you know, okay. I, I just, you know, I don't, I mean, I can get it. Um, I, 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 oh, no, here's a common objection. I only read ebooks. That could be. And of course, the response okay. is terrific. The book is available on ebook. <laughs> so that's and common. you have a way to sign it up. Ah, that's excellent because you know what? You can offer coupons. You can sell something for that. So maybe is the their their deal that says I only read ebooks, maybe that is a rejection. Maybe that is a thing saying it I'm could not be interested. a condition. Might be and, something okay. there isn't anything I can do about it. If you really only read ebooks, then I don't know that that isn't um, a condition rather than objection. An objection is something that they really could move forward if they wanted to, mm-hmm. but they're just giving you the objection. Excuse. So yeah. if the objection was the readers in our area don't read sci fi, let's say mm-hmm. that's the objection. Mm-hmm. My Dealing with that would be first to agree with them. I can appreciate how you feel. If I'm in your shoes, I'd probably feel the same way. So what, and then second step number two is to paraphrase what they said. So what I'm hearing you say is you believe that in your area, people don't read sci-fi. And then ask if that's what I'm hearing you say. So make it simplify as number three. Be sure that this is what you have to handle. With an if I could, would you? So let's go back to the beginning. The people in your area don't read sci-fi. You know, I could appreciate how you feel. For our new shoes, I probably feel exactly the same way. So what I hear you saying is that your concern is if you bought a bunch of these books, that you'd end up keeping books because people in this area don't read sci-fi. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Then to simplify, make sure this is what I have to handle. So if I could show you that people in this area did read sci-fi and they would buy the book, would you be interested in carrying it? Mm -hmm. Right? 
Mm-hmm. then I'm going to handle it. And this would be a good time if I have visuals. So again, if I've been turned down before, I already know that some of them are going to use that objection. Mm-hmm. So this would be a good time for me to have the data with me that mm-hmm. shows that there are 40,000 sci-fi readers in this market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let me show you a little something that I think might make a difference and then show them the data that 40,000 People in this area read sci-fi, so that handles it, doesn't it? Shall Mm -hmm. we go ahead and get started? Why don't we try with 20 books to start? And I'll tell you what, since we talked about not being a mooch, why don't I bring you some bookmarks that that you can offer for free for everybody that that buys one Mm -hmm. of these books? That's how I would handle it. Got it. But And here's another thing I would add. And that um, I have, you know, I, I have over, let's say, 30,000 followers or, you know, 5,000 on my email list. How about I send out a special email to them, letting them know that the book is available in your store? Can I give you some magic words? Sure. Okay. The magic words are this. Here, let's do this. I don't mind. I have over 30,000 followers. Why don't I go ahead and send this out and let them know that you're carrying the book and ask them to get it here? Fair enough? So the two magic words in there are, here, let's do this. I don't mind. That It's magic because when I say, here, let's do this, I don't mind, doesn't it sound like I'm doing you a favor? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So use those words. Well, here, let's do this. I don't mind. Why don't I go ahead and do a book signing? Why don't I go ahead and... So tell me how you're going to handle it. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, when I say fair enough, fair enough is a moneymaker. Fair enough is a great close. So let's do that. Fair enough? Aren't you tempted to say yes? Absolutely. You know, the visual... Here's what the visual I have, Bobby, coming in. Coming from... An old sales background when I was a stockbroker and the, and the insurance people would come in, they literally had a technique. And this is where your fair enough is. They would literally lift up the contract, just kind of tilted it a little bit so it had a little downhill and the lower part was going toward the customer. And then they would put their pen at the top so it would roll down so the customer had to pick up the pen to sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people are kind of over that one. <laughs> But yeah, it does work. It does work, actually. But those five steps, let me go back over them again. It's agree, paraphrase, simplify, handle it, and close. Agree, paraphrase, simplify, handle it, and close. Agree. So I can appreciate how you feel. If I were in your shoes, I'd feel exactly the same way. So what I'm hearing you say is, and then repeat back what they just said, So let me ask you this. If I could handle that, would you be interested Mm -hmm. in it? Because here's the thing. If I say, if I could, if I could show you that there are 40,000 people that read romance novels Mm -hmm. in this area, would you be interested in carrying the book? If the answer to that is no, then, then forget it. That's not the real objection. It's an objection, but it's not a real objection. Yeah. And, and that's, that's not I, it. You're still searching. Yeah. And that's what I would kind of say. You know what? This guy is the wrong fit. It's just the wrong fit. 
Not necessarily, because one of the other things I do is say, so tell me about that. No, we don't think we want any of those. So tell me about that. Mm -hmm. And it's an open-ended question. And when I say, so tell me about that, I put it back on you. Tell me about that. Well, I just feel like it. And because here's what his real problem is. Let's think about it. Let's be in that guy's shoes. He's a bookstore owner, and he's afraid that I've just asked him to spend hundreds of dollars on a box of books that that he doesn't know if they can sell. Isn't that what his real problem is? Mm-hmm. Yes. No, he doesn't, yeah, he, if I he said, doesn't want to be so stuck here, with 20 do copies. This. Yeah. How about if I promise to take these books back if they don't sell in 30 days? Would that work for you? I mean, there's there's a way to sell these books. Just keep thinking. You know, you're the one that came up with um, walking around. What, what kind of a meeting were you in? You're walking around on a sandwich board? Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, and, and, and we have that about a minute and a half to tell a story. I was at a meeting for a classic car meeting on a client who wrote a book about an old bootlegger Ford. And I was getting these rejections. We don't read. We don't read. Well, I determined after talking to someone that they, they read, but only only stuff to order parts and things. They looked at magazines and stuff. So I came up with the idea. I says, well, heck, there's a lot of people around here. I'm just going to walk around. And I made a sandwich board, you know, flip chart size. I carried around the book. And I ended up by talking with people because they're wondering, what is this broad walking around this, you know, with all these dudes um, with, with these papers on her back and front? And we, I sold 40 books that way. But the best part was I met a guy in the exhibit area and told him about Charlie and his book. And they were very interested. And they literally ordered eight cases of books to use as premiums because it was a fit. So you never know. All right, Bobby, I hate to say this, but we have got about 20 seconds to close out. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, what can I say? I don't have 20 seconds worth of anything. <laughs> All right. So I'm just going to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So everyone, I would suggest you listen to this again, because there are some huge nuggets and gems on dealing with objections and how to overcome them to turn your sales into blah, into wow. With that, thank you, Bobby. Thank you. a part of your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles each week a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take you the author to the next level you'll learn tips and secrets on how to create strategize develop publish and achieve book publishing success by making one very simple change in your book's journey how to avoid the publishing predators how to create an author and book platform that rocks. Learn how to make a living with your words and your books. Learn how to publish a book that has no regrets and so much more. For more information, check out authoru.org, where authors who want to be seriously successful go. And Judith's website, thebookshepherd.com. Then join us again here next week for more. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Brought to you by Author You and the Book Shepherd. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Rockstar Radio Network.